everybody. You're listening to the Big Chill Podcast. This is episode 621, NFL Week 7 Preview. Chill podcast. I'm Frank. Joining us with Eddie. Eddie, we're in the midst of a classic Australia-Pakistan duel <laughs> in the World Cup cricket right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this World Cup is crying out for a close match. So far, there have basically been none. I mean, the closest match has been the Pakistan-Sri Lanka match, I think it was. But even that one, in the end, they got there pretty comfortably. But everything else has been pretty one-sided. It looks as if Australia are going to Let's hope this isn't a close match for once. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, just in general, this World Cup needs them because so far, I'm going to say this is a bad World Cup. And I'm not well, saying that a bad because... World Cup because England is shit the no, but... twice now. No, yeah, I mean, the thing with because England have been so successful in cricket in the last few years, it's actually, I don't really kind of, obviously, I want them to do well, and I'm an England supporter in the World Cup. But I am most interested in just seeing good quality matches and entertainment. Like it puts you in that nice position of being like, oh, it'd be good if England won. But I watched them win a World Cup 12 months ago. You know, this is there's so <laughs> many there's so many cricket World Cups that, you know, in the last four years, I've watched England win two cricket World Cups. So yeah. I can I can do I have two, but OK, I mean, I'm no, no, I mean, I know. it wasn't a, it wasn't a flex, but, <laughs> you know, it was, uh, you know, it's just one of those things. You, I, I actually kind of want India to win it because I do think they're the best team and they would be kind of establishing some degree of greatness, which would be nice. I think if anyone else wins it, it will just be a sort of eh, they're not the best team, but I guess they've figured out a way to win the right matches. Well, before, you know, we haven't done our picks for the NFL in a few weeks. So I know there are many listeners out there who are demanding we do our picks. So we'll definitely do them this week. But before we do them, I know you always like to bring up the for X amount of money or even if it's not money, do you think you can do X or Y? We just talked about it last podcast with um, uh, if we think you could score a touchdown or get a sack. So obviously my Instagram listens to our conversations because on my Instagram, I had a post come up and said, you can only attempt one. And then there's 20 different uh, like scenarios with different monetary values. So it's like, which one would you choose to get whatever money, like, you know, like, what are you comfortable with? So the money ranges are 1,000, 10,000, 100,000, 500,000, and a million dollars. So here are the $1,000. Just as a, you don't lose anything though, right? This you is don't just... lose, but you can only attempt one. You get one shot, yeah. that's it. But it's, a, make it's, some a, money. it's a shot How to nothing. How much money you want to make? Uh, just give me the million. I'm not, I'm only taking the million options. Okay. Make contact against Jake DeGrom. Uh, contact? Contact. 
in one one at bat. One at bat. Uh, okay, I'd, I'll put that one on. Okay, I can bunt though, right? Technically, you can, but <laughs> I mean, but <laughs> you're if, underestimating. If, no, but <laughs> sure. But if I'm willing to just absolutely wear it, and he doesn't know I'm going to bunt. I think there's a chance I could make, I mean, make contact. I'm not saying I'm putting it in play, but like, could I put my bat on the ball if I'm just attempting a bunt and he throws me a fast, like if he throws me a curveball, no, but like if it's a fastball and I'm, I think I've got a chance, but so we'll, that's a possibility. Okay. Tackle Derek Henry. I guess what's the parameters there as well? This is like an open field tackle. Like what space, how much space it does you have? To no do? specifics, but I'll say, let's say you're like middle linebacker. Actually, I'll, I'll give you one-on-one Oklahoma drill. <laughs> how, how wide is the Oklahoma? Like how standard it's, it's not that wide. It's tough to meters. like go right around someone. Okay. We'll, we'll consider that one too. <laughs> Go four rounds versus Conor McGregor. No, not considering it. Win a game versus Novak Djokovic. Yeah, no, I'm not. It's not happening. Become a lifetime Bears fan. <laughs> <laughs> that was just the last one they put in there. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm not winning a game against Djokovic. I'm not. I mean, Conor McGregor. I'm not lasting four rounds. If it was just fight Conor McGregor, I guess I would consider it, but he would just, like, I would just be choked out in a matter of seconds. So that's, there's no way I'm lasting four rounds. Um, now, do you want me to go up to the 500K? Maybe there's one there you're super confident in that you can just bank on half a million instead of risking. All right. Give, yeah. Okay. Give me, I wouldn't drop below 500,000. Okay. Hit a half court shot from one attempt. Yeah. Uh, okay, consider it, but not going to happen. Rush, uh, a, like score a touchdown rushing from the one yard line. Easy. A shootout goal versus an NHL goalie. No, I couldn't do it. And this one I think is insane that it's in the 500,000. Make an extra point. Oh, I mean, that's the one I'm taking. Right? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the, that's the first one you've said. Where I would be disappointed if I didn't do it. I can't like, believe that one. In especially knowing, 000? I mean, I get it with a little bit of practice. Like if I know, hey, next week I'm taking the extra point. So I know I only get one attempt, but I, I get some. I guess it's point. a little further now than it used to be. So now it's what? What is it now? A 30? 30 yarder? Yeah, something like that, right? 25 oh, or 30 yarder. I can't remember now. Um. Yeah, even so, I would be di- I would be legitimately disappointed if I missed it. Whereas all of those other ones, the contact in the thirty-three yards, thirty-three yards. So, so a thirty-five yard field goal, not the easiest. No, but I would be, I would be genuinely as someone who grew up kicking ball. You know, like I get it for some people if you just never played sports where you kicked anything, it's a little bit harder. But as someone who played sports where you did. I would be genuinely disappointed if I missed an extra point. I know now, the here, pressure. Yeah, go ahead. I was say, here's one. I wish we got to the 100,000 because here's one you could probably make 50 million on. Take a punch from Floyd Mayweather. 
We know how you feel about how weak Floyd Mayweather's punches are. You could take a dozen of those for over a million. <laughs> I mean, I would take a punch from anyone. You know, like, again, Tyson? assuming... You take a punch from Tyson? Mike Tyson or Tyson Fury? Mike Either Tyson? in their prime. Oh, in their prime? Mike Tyson, maybe not. <laughs> Here's the thing. Again, it, 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 I guess this is the other thing to consider. Are you being put on the spot right now and whatever you choose, you're instantly doing it and you yeah, didn't know like that you were like, coming. It's like tomorrow. Yeah. Versus, I mean, the punch one. Yeah. If you gave me six months to just strengthen my neck muscles and sort of prepare <laughs> myself for it as much as possible, then it would worry me less. But no, I'm not just turning up and getting punched by Mike Tyson. Uh, but yeah, I think I'd be disappointed with the extra point. And honestly, if you're allowing me to bunt, I mean, the thing is, you got to get the contact on the first bunt attempt because if he then knows I'm trying to bunt. And here's the other thing to consider. It's like, does he, are you being treated as if he thinks you're a major league hitter? Yeah. You know, like, because otherwise, is he being an asshole and just like throwing, like, does he walk you and technically you lose? No, you know? no, no. <laughs> like, he, he needs to get you out. Okay. But I I would love to, I think we have a really, really fast batting cage here. When you come visit without warmups, we'll throw you in and see if you can make contact on like an 80 mile per hour. I mean, well, on a proper swing. I'll let you bunt. I don't know if I want to, though, because I don't want to necessarily, I don't like, I don't, I don't want to actually jam my fingers on a bunt or like wear a pitch, but I would do. But if you're telling me I get a hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars, then for sure I'll, I'll run the risk. But I don't know if I want to go into a batting cage. A, I'd look like a psycho going into a batting page, the cage and then attempting a bunt like that would already make me look like a complete weirdo. But... I don't think, I think your view of how everyone at the batting cage is suddenly going to turn and watch you randomly walk no. into a batting cage. Is... I'm not, I'm not, I'm not picturing it's like a movie scene where the, you know, the record player screeches to a uh, stop. But still, I do think if you attempt a bunt, I think one or two people would notice. And then if I was attempting multiple bunts, I do think I'd get some attention for being like, why is this guy bunting in a batting cage? Okay, new scenario. I don't care whether you can make contact. I want to see if anyone notices that you're trying to bunt on the fast pitch. Uh, you're 100%. 100%. So the other ones, just so people who are interested in, the 100,000 tier was steal a base in Major League Baseball take a punch from Floyd Mayweather, make a 15-foot putt in a PGA tournament, score a penalty kick versus a pro goalie. They put PK. Sorry, Eddie. Um, the 10,000 was uh, make both three throws, catch a punt, run a half marathon, and a Daytona lap without crashing. And the 1,000 was make a layup, empty net from the blue line in hockey, catch a fly ball, or catch a pass as a wide receiver. Okay. I mean, there's some interesting ones there. There's also, again, it comes back to like the bunt question, like the Daytona lap. Are they, are they just saying like you, go real slow? Yeah, I just do a five mile an hour lap and, yeah. and I don't crash or I'm making it, I'm trying to win the race. Like, If that's the I, case, that should be a million. Yeah, I mean, I'm bet, probably, I, I'm I guarantee dying. there's no one 
like no normal person no. who could hop into a Daytona car. <laughs> well, especially too, if this is the race. So I'm surrounded by other cars. Yeah. Like, okay, on an empty track, maybe I could go a reasonable speed and not crash. Maybe. Probably not still, but maybe. But when I have a car like, you know, three feet from me on every side, I'm I'm like it's her gonna be a horrific ball of flames. Like not only am I not surviving, about nine other drivers aren't surviving either. Speaking of, I guess before we get into the real sports discussion though. Old friend of the podcast, Vasilis. Haven't had any vast stories in a long time. I'm not going to deliver any good ones. I know some listeners might have, you know, piqued a little bit of interest there. There's no, no sex party caliber stories coming here. <laughs> However, I did have a night it's out with him. It's not the life. sex party that makes that story good. You have to rearrange. It's the the trying to eat at a sex party. <laughs> not trying to eat. Trying eating to eat food. Eating food. <laughs> Let's be specific it's, there. Not having sex at the sex party, eating the food, and then complimenting the food afterwards. It's true. But uh, I had a night out with him last night. And one, a night out with Vass, it's like chasing the dragon experience. Wherever you are, he's always imagining that the place you're not is definitely more fun. You know, like it's consistently, like we would sit down, having a couple drinks, talking a little bit. And by drink two he'd instantly be thinking, why don't we go to this place? Like, I'm sure there's more going on at this place. It's like, let's just relax and enjoy where we are. So there's already that bit of it. But he was then, he saw a girl who he has a little bit of an interest in. She's actually a dancer at the Moulin Rouge, who uh, we've met wow. on a couple of, we've Big met time. her on a, yeah, she's she's very nice. And she was at a bar not far from where one of the, one of the bars we were at. And there was, he was having this big debate that we should then go to this bar and conveniently bump into her. Oh, oh, okay. So just for clarification, he's like seeing this on her Instagram. She's not yes. telling him like, no, hey, no, no, no. The bar. She Got was it. posting Instagram stories that Got he it. saw. He is following her on Instagram. She is not following him. Ooh, so not a good start. It is a very much a one way interest for sure. Uh, but he was weighing up that we would go there. And I was like, it's a tough one though, because like how are you going to approach her if we have if we do go there what's wait, wait, your ha move? wait have they met before though yeah yeah they've met okay they've met multiple multiple times oh that's kind of easy then to approach just be like hey what's going on good to see you again <laughs> yeah okay so that's the normal human being thing <laughs> i still think it would make me feel a bit awkward because I would know that I'd come, I'd gone there because I'd seen that she was there. And I think I would struggle with that one. It would make me feel awkward. But I understand that some people wouldn't feel awkward because of that. He, he, he was coming up with these ideas that he would like walk up to her and say like, oh, oh, fancy meeting you here. Or I had no idea you were here. Like all of these hints, <laughs> all of these like very clear. any Instagram. Yeah. I was like, you're going to come across as such an absolute creep. <laughs> like there is, she's going to know that you are now only at this place because she posted an Instagram story and that's not going to be a good look for you. Did it happen? He was getting himself worked up. Like I said, like, okay, we'll walk over. It, it was a, the place where we needed to go to was probably a three minute walk from the bar we were in. 
So I was like, we'll finish this drink and we'll walk over. He was like, and he was, he went to the bathroom to like fix his hair and came back out. And he was, he was kind of getting himself a little pumped up, ready for his gladiatorial battle. And, uh, he, then he checked, he went back on Instagram and she was posting a story of her walking out of the bar. So he's like, oh, I guess they're gone. So we, all that for nothing. Oh yeah, it was it was complete waste. See, of... but even there, he could have had the move where he like saw that and could have been like, "Oh no way, we were just like we just we just popped into that bar or something like that." You know what I mean? Like, oh, we just randomly stopped by or something and see what she had said. Yeah. Well, no, maybe next time we'll see. <laughs> oh man, I'll tell you what though. I'm excited, so we. Ha- I guess we should start doing bachelor party update <laughs> news for. We've talked about it a few occasions already that there will be a pretty significant size bachelor party happening in Europe with a bunch of people, and Vasilis is on the list of 35 invitees. <laughs> I am interested to see his interaction with the Americans. Like, is he gonna bring? his Vasilis a game or is he going to be a little nervous he's going to be quiet and reserved he'll just that's sit there and he'll uh, he'll be just an, an observer that's unless people really engage with him and bring that out if he starts to feel comfortable but i think he'll feel a little bit like a fish out of water and so he'll just sit back and and watch for most of it he will, will be the say only Greek he, on the trip yeah he was very excited he he, you know, he claims to have this gluten intolerance. I think it's nonsense. He just eats way too much food. And so, and then attributes the fact that his stomach feels bad. It's not the fact that he ate nine pizzas. It's the fact that he ate a pizza with gluten in it that he, you know, like he's got, but he has a gluten intolerance. He He's lactose intolerant. Pretty much everything you can be intolerant to, you know, he eats so much that he has some issues. And he was very excited. I think I told you off podcast a couple weeks ago, he ordered these, these gluten intolerance pills, like that could solve yeah, your, yeah. Uh, on the internet. And uh, so he, he, they arrived a week ago. And so then he, on a Sunday night, stayed at home, took his pill, ordered a bunch of pizza, ate the pizza and then basically shat himself. And then the, the, <laughs> turns it, the, the pills don't work. That's amazing. They're magic bean pills. But again, I think he ate four pizzas. So gluten intolerance or not, your stomach's probably not doing super well out of that. Like there's just, you know, like I can't eat four pizzas and have and have my stomach feeling great. What what do you get four pizzas? Oh, he eats so much, man. He eats he because you know, like Uber Eats consistently every day has like restaurants that are running buy one get one free options okay and he loves those which i get it's it's the smart move it's the value for money obviously more intended for two people but even so <laughs> every once in a while i'll take advantage if i'm hungry you can kind of see a buy one get one free because sometimes it might be something like sushi where you're just kind of adding a little bit you know it's he told me he bought buy one get one free on like ramen and I was like, oh, so you ate two ramen balls. And he was like, no, 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 I, I bought two. So I ate four ramen balls. <laughs> In one sitting, he ate four bowls of ramen. Oh, my God. I don't understand how he eats so much. He's not that big of a guy. 
No, I mean, he's in, at the moment in particular, he's he's in good shape. And he's doing well. Ever but... since I made the comment to him? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, no, nah, I mean, it's impressive. His metabolism is obviously excellent. But he is putting his metabolism, he tests that thing. I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, it is, it is. And when the metabolism give, gives up, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be an ugly sight. Oh, that's funny. All right. I guess we can give the, give the people what they want, get on to our NFL picks. Obviously, we can start. I think we both would have taken the Jags based on the conversations we have. We both would have taken the Jags last night. Yeah. There's a. I mean, we, we definitely would have taken the Jags considering we all had been bets. <laughs> yeah, there is a, a dog trying to escape somewhere in the background, which might be making it onto the podcast. Sounds like you're at an NBA basketball court. Yeah, the sque- squeaking of the shoes. Now, that is just a dog. I'm not recording live from uh, NBA preseason. But... Uh, yeah, we both would have taken the Jags. We, I think we both felt that we didn't really understand why the Jags weren't favorites. Well, I understand originally why they weren't with Lawrence out. But once he was said that there was going to be the starter, there was no shift in that line. And that's crazy. I mean, they're like, yeah. I will say they're, they're tough. I want to say they're a good team, but then you watch the second half of that game and they were absolute shit. Like the first half, they looked like a very good team, and they've yeah. beaten some good teams. Like their their losses are, besides the Texans, I mean, which I mean the Texans aren't bottom bottom tier team. You know they have any other losses against the Chiefs, which was a close game that they probably could have won. You know they they've got some good wins, they've got some okay losses. Like they're a quality team. I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender, but they could be a a, a playoff winning team. They can win a round maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, you're right. I think the what we saw from them last night kind of encapsulated who they they are. If if they could have a playoff performance where they just play like they did in the first half, then yeah, they could beat almost anyone. But then I just don't believe they can string four good quarters together. So that's enough to beat middle-of-the-road teams or bad teams, but a good team in the playoffs. You have one bad quarter. Like, you know, they have one bad quarter against the Chiefs. That could be 21 points. You know, it could yeah. <laughs> be, it's, it could just be game over. And so that's the thing, but yeah, they got, they're, yeah, they're, they're an okay team, but they're either the worst of the good teams or the best of the bad teams, whichever way you kind of want to swing it. I suppose the one thing we obviously last episode had the big discussion about uh, the Eagles game and letting the teams letting a team score and whether or not it was the right decision uh you know whether you'd rather be up three with you know under a minute to go or or just take the touchdown lead uh the jags definitely made a mistake yesterday i mean i guess in a sense surprising that they like it was a play that you wouldn't have expected to have scored on so it kind of came out of nowhere but i do think you have the sense as the player to maybe go down in the you know we slightly discussed this as well. And my dad yeah. said, I'm fucking crazy because there was still three minutes left. So even if he stopped at the one, you run the time down, but they're still going to get the ball back with a good amount of time. I, I, It's tough. I think as a receiver, you're not in that situation where it's like a minute 30 left and you know they have only one timeout left. Like three, I think that play started, it was like 325 or something like that on the clock. 
So when you have 325 on the clock and you catch a pass and you go to the end zone, I don't think at that point yet you're thinking clock management with the team having all three timeouts left. I mean, I think at that point you kind of do just score. The only thing that was worrying, which I'm sure he also wasn't thinking about, was that the Saints basically drove down the field the previous drive like really quickly. Yeah, <laughs> so. two, two, 247 when he scored. Was it 247? I thought it was 13 for some reason. Okay. No, 247. So, I mean, 308 when the ball was snapped. Okay. So, um, you know, yeah, yeah so you're right. Three you're... minutes with with a two uh, two minute warning and three timeouts, you know. Is it worth the risk that you stop at the one and don't score? <laughs> or have to kick a field goal and then give them the ball back with two minutes left where they can then score a touchdown. Yeah, I, it's tough. I mean, ultimately, in, on these ones, as dumb as it sounds, I kind of boil it down to what would I do if I were playing Madden? You know, like that's the only way I can Punt. really. <laughs> it's yeah. not fun. And there's no way I would score. I would score in that scenario. You know, there's just because part of my fear, too. I mean, when the Saints, obviously the Saints drove down the field pretty efficiently, they should have scored the game-tying touchdown. We say game-tying. Part of my fear was they were then going to go, go for two. For two. And that, that was the other was... debate we had. We said, do you go for two? And the, the uh, not acronym, what's the word I'm thinking of? The, like, cliche I, I heard was, at home, you go for the tie. If it's away, you go for the two. I don't really know what that changes, <laughs> but um, I'm torn. The Saints are a team that are pretty built to go for two-point conversions. That's what I said. They've got two strong weapons in Hill and Kamara. Yeah, so you feel like that's an over 50%, like a genuine. Some teams, I know when they do the breakdown, the statistics, and it's like, oh, it's like a 50 six percent conversion rate or whatever there's some teams that are not getting converting two-point conversions at over 25 percent. like there's but the saints i feel like i'd give them like a 75 percent chance on a two-point conversion so logically you really should do it versus going to overtime the counter to that argument though is obviously they move we're moving the ball so efficiently in the second half yeah that you'd think well if we get the ball to like if we get the ball to start overtime you'd feel pretty confident that we could drive down the field and score the game-winning touchdown. I, but, a little side note on that game. I did love when uh, Alave had that single coverage and he stopped running his route and then Derek Garth threw it and screamed at him for not continuing to run but failed to scream to him that he threw the ball five yards out of bounds anyway. So what the fuck was the difference? You gotta love a person who like does that where like they mess up, but the other person messes up worse. So even though it wouldn't have mattered whether they did their job or not, they think they have the higher ground to scream at them. Like Carr was screaming at him for not running his route and he threw it so far out of bounds. Like Megatron with like extenda arms couldn't have caught it. <laughs> but no, yeah, it was. I guess it was a pretty decent Thursday night football game. Obviously, it came down to the wire, so that's always a bit of entertainment. But it was a kind of weird one because 
at halftime, it looked like the Jags were going to run away with it. And then the Saints kind of ran away with the second half. So very cliched game of two halves. But uh, it didn't – like it looks the, – the end, the sort of outcome looks more entertaining than the game itself sort of was because it just felt like you – it looked like you – it felt like you watched two entirely different games. Yeah. And it also felt like the game – it was almost never close in a sense – like in the first half, it was just like, well, the Jags are going to win this easily. And then the second half, it was like, uh-oh, I mean, the Saints are going to win this pretty comfortably, probably. Yeah, it it was – that is a great example of why living on the West Coast is perfect because you watch like the first quarter, quarter and a half, good game. You cook dinner. You eat. You get back on the couch. It's like f- start of the fourth quarter, mid-third quarter, and you catch the end of the game. It's really nice. Like – you selectively miss at least two quarters of shit football and it's still like eight 30 when it's finished. <laughs> it's perfect. Well, obviously I'll be over with you in the, on the West coast in a couple of weeks. And I look forward to coming up with my assessment of what West coast. I mean, obviously, I mean, grew up on the West coast. So as a kid, that was my experience, but it's, been a while since i've been on the west coast of the united states so you know my sweet spot is barbados for sports timing but we'll see if we'll <laughs> see if the... selectively barbados <laughs> <laughs> anywhere in that time zone i'll take any caribbean island okay i'll slum it in i'll slum it in st Kitts if i have to <laughs> oh man all right though so the, all right though all right then should we uh get to our picks for the week all right let's do it kick things off with a pretty interesting game we got the the Lions at the Ravens, and the Ravens are three point favorites. Yeah, Lamar Jackson. This is a great stat I found: fifteen and one against the NFC in his career. His only loss in the NFC is against the New York Giants. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, this is tough. This is this is a. Are they who we think they are or are they who we thought they were? And obviously the Lions are looking, I think, even better than most people expected. You know, best record in the NFL tied at five and one. Everyone, I think, thinks they would make the playoffs, but not be five and one and sitting kind of almost in a driver's seat versus I thought the Ravens were going to be a very good team this year and have looked great at times. Others not. I just think this is a better matchup for the Ravens. They get to the quarterback a lot, and Jared Goff is much better when he's not pressured versus when he is. So I think that's going to make a little bit of a difference. I think I'm going to go with the Ravens here. Lamar Jackson have a big game uh, and the defense to kind of handle the Lions offense. Yeah, Um, I am torn on this one because we've seen some inconsistency from the Ravens, and I feel like Every time I decide to trust them, they then have a terrible performance. And then every time I think, ah, oh, they're maybe they're not quite as good as they think they are, then they look like a pretty complete team. If this, I'm going to take the Ravens to win and the Ravens to cover the spread. If this were three and a half points, I would take the Lions. Like, I, I, it's that close in my mind, but just within the field goal range i i'll stick with the ravens but i definitely wouldn't trust either of these teams in this game yeah 
Up next, we have the Falcons at the Buccaneers. And the Buccaneers are two and a half point favorites. I'm going to take the Bucs here. Uh, the interesting thing I saw in this game is the Bucs have actually one of the better turnover margins in the NFL. I think they're top five. The Falcons are bottom five. So just with that alone, I think I'll take the Bucs. I don't really trust the Falcons very much. Yeah, and then I I guess I agree with you. These are two not great teams, but teams kind of pretending to be playoff teams or could be playoff teams because of the divisional setup. Um, but I don't think either of them are particularly good. I think the Bucks, yeah, have the slight edge here. So for no good reason, I will I'll take the Bucks. Yeah. Um, next is the Bills at the Patriots, and the pa- and the Bills are eight and a half point favorites. I have to admit, I thought that this line would be slightly higher. I think it was even earlier in the week, and it's come in a little bit. I think it was at like nine and a half, ten-ish for a bit. It surprises me. Just, I mean, the Patriots are so, I, I mean, you can make the strong case that the Patriots are in tank mode at this point and that the, you know, Belichick is. No, I don't like that. See, that that's not fair because you criticized people last week for, vastly or not maybe not last week but a few weeks ago for vastly overreacting that maybe bill belichick isn't the most phenomenal coach we think so now he's getting this was on a lost episode but yeah when he's getting absolutely smoked week in and week out you're gonna spin the yarn that oh he wants to lose these games like this i don't think put it this way i think tanking in the nfl is a tough one anyway right because it's not like like you can't go out and play at you know, 50% of normal speed or anything, you're going to get yourselves hurt. And obviously the individual players care about their careers. So I think it's different. Like NBA tanking is full on. We are going to lose these games. NFL tanking. I put it this way. I don't think Belichick is trying to lose, but I don't think he's actively trying to win this season. Like, I don't think he's sitting at, I don't think he's sitting. I don't think he's showing up at 5. AM to the facility to like scheme how he's going to, and I think part of his argument would be almost, why will I come up? Like, I don't want to come up with something brilliant this season that I can't use next season. I'll give you his argument because he is a conceited asshole. And you know, he cares about being the NFL's all-time winningest coach. And he is close to getting that, but he needs wins because at a point, he's going to be too old to surpass if he's winning two games a season. So there is no doubt in my mind he wants to win very much just because he wants to be the all-time winningest coach over Shula. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I don't think he's as driven by. I mean, this is obviously wild speculation based on very little from both of us. You know, like a quick personal, you know, friends with Bill Belichick, but I don't know. I think. I think if he's coaching this season right, that means that he is committed to some type of project in terms of the rebuilding that is currently going on with the Patriots. And a crucial part of that at this stage would be one bad season that allows them to get a very good quarterback. And so I think I don't I don't get it. I don't know I, I don't get the glee that people have in enjoying Bill Belichick not having a good season. Like, I don't under. I think he rubs people the wrong way a little bit. That's why. But why? I don't. He's I'm not, not the he's, hugest fan of him. But why not? I mean, 
The big criticism of him is that he doesn't engage much he's with grumpy. <laughs> but he's not grumpy. He's ba- he's grumpy for shit questions. He consistently <laughs> shows that if you actually ask him, if you don't just turn up and ask him the same six questions you would ask every NFL coach every time, then he will give you a very good answer to the question. He's expecting other people to do a better job than they do. Like I think, you know, sitting you watch any press conference for sports, it's just people, you know, coming out with the same old, same old ones every week. So I, I think it's hard to dislike Bill Belichick. Like he's not insulting when it comes to other teams. If anything, he's actually quite complimentary of other teams at different moments in time. Oh, can tell it it just, makes sense. You're a Belichick fan. You guys have the same personality. <laughs> yeah. Geniuses. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> no um, but i think now i don't know if you saw speaking of your statistics i know you love the the stats uh i don't know if you saw on the dan lebitard show they had they like to have their like stat of the week and their stat of the week this week was the fact that tom brady never had a snap in the nfl where his team was mathematically eliminated from the playoffs wow that's Which crazy. is, yeah, it's a kind of insane, insane stat to have. That's a good one. Yeah. Well, on that note, this could be the game Max Jones. Max Jones gets Max full Jones. Bench. Max Jones. Maybe this is the game Max Jones replaces Mac Jones for good. Um, he has been benched twice already in games, so I can't say it's the first time he's going to be benched. But this could be the time he is benched for good. Uh, the Bills, I think, are going to dominate this game. Double-digit win easily. I'll take Bills to win and Bills to cover. Yeah, I don't I don't think you can take the Patriots in any way, shape, or form at the moment. So, yeah, Bills to win, Bills to cover. And don't be scared that it's, you know, the Bills at Gillette Stadium because Josh Allen is very good. He's 12 TDs, two interceptions, and an 83 QBR when playing at Gillette. So not a worry that it used to be. <laughs> Up next, it's the, the Cleveland Browns against the against the Colts. Uh, the Browns are three-point favorites. I think it's still slightly unclear if Deshaun Watson is playing Still this questionable, game. I looked this he, morning. He refuses to even properly address the situation supposedly which is kind of yeah. weird like whenever he's is it asked really an injury you think yeah um I, don't, I mean i don't really know what else you'd think if this isn't somehow related to obviously all of the various accusations that have been leveled against him that that would have come out because obviously it's a pretty well covered topic the only other thing is i mean do you think he's just super unpopular with the team somehow or that I think, he's unhappy. Yes. I think it's yes. I think it's. I think it's more one of those two. I think either one, the team just does not like him, and he's just a bad character in the locker room, or he is not happy that he is not doing well, and people aren't happy that he's doing poorly, and is kind of has that attitude of like, "Fuck it, that I'm not going to play," which maybe is helping their team because <laughs> he hasn't looked great anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they need to know what they have with him, right? Because you have an incredibly highly paid quarterback 
there's no rebuild button there for the Browns to press. They're too good to kind of go into that mode. So there's no, like, I don't see how you get out when you're them. He's kind of in a fully guaranteed contract. There's no way for them to get out of the Deshaun Watson situation. So in the very least, they need to know this is the season now that they're without Nick Chubb to, you know, really assess, uh, you know, kind of know what they have by the end of this year. So they're missing out on that opportunity if he doesn't come back quickly. Their defense is just so good. And uh, we spoke about it last episode. You know, I think people are fooling themselves with the Colts that we're pretending that, well, they're better than we thought they were at the beginning of the season and they're going to keep that up. I think that's, they are, you know, four or five weeks away from people accepting the fact that the Colts are not a very good football team. And this is probably going to contribute to that because I think the Browns should be six or seven point favorites to be perfectly honest. So I'm going to take the Browns to win and the Browns to cover. Yeah. I mean, they're not six point favorites because PJ Walker is their starting quarterback, but I honestly, I'll make a bold prediction. PJ Walker, PJ Walker beat the 49ers last week. And you know, so yeah, I want to make a bold prediction that the Browns defense covers by three. So I'm going to go with the Browns to win here. That is, that is a very bold prediction because realistically that means you think that they're that means to be to be even remotely realistic that means you think the Colts are only going to score three points yep and there's going to be a defensive touchdown yep (laughs) okay well you should put money on that because I think the combined odds of those two be pretty pretty high I don't know. I don't know where you find that bet. <laughs> oh, you could do an, an under. You could do an adjusted under for sure. Like if you do the like game multi, like the in-game combinations, you could do the Colts on their points total under. And I don't know. There's probably an under seven point five or six point five, which is going to be fairly high odds. And then you combine that with the Browns to score, the Browns That's defense to score a, a touchdown. I'm going to say that's at least a hundred to one. I'll look into it <laughs> because already the under has to be more than even you know because that's going to be a very heavily adjusted and the and normally it's the anytime defense is like twenty to one something like that, which always sounds better than it is because if you think about it, the defense doesn't score a touchdown every twenty. I bet you it's even less for the Browns though. It might be. But you can be a really dominant defense, force turnovers, and just not score, not actually score a touchdown. Up next, we have the game I do not want to see a single second of this week. And I actually think in the time that we've done the podcast, this is the first moment where I have put the Giants into that category. And this game is the Washington Commanders at the New York Giants. The Commanders are two and a half point favorites. Um, this is a tough one because these are two bad teams. So having any degree of confidence that either one of them is going to win the game is difficult. That being said, it feels like the Giants are just reaching the point of no return when it comes to their injuries. And you know they're they're kind of barely putting together an NFL caliber team at this point 
and that might even be an overstatement. So I'm going to take the Washington to win and Washington to cover. Well, if there's one team the Giants can sometimes almost beat, it's Washington. So against the NFC East in the last five years, the Giants are 9-22-1, and one, and six of those nine wins come against Washington. So that's about the only team they can uh, sometimes handle in the NFC East. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Washington on this one. The interesting stat, Eddie, I'll quiz you a little bit here, see what you can think. The Giants now have three straight games without an offensive touchdown. If they get to four, that has not been done since 2008. What team was that? Um, I mean, 2008 feels like the sweet spot would be the Cleveland Browns is the guess. It is the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> <laughs> it just feels that was in the full Cleveland Browns being terrible era. So, Yeah. I mean that's again it's kind of impressive. You would just think at some moment in time you the bounce you know the ball would bounce kindly for you and you'd be able to get an offensive touchdown but yeah I mean they're bad. But I think they'll break I I think they will score an offensive touchdown in this game. I'll make a bold prediction. <laughs> then up next we have another line that I pretty radically disagree with i have to say it's the raiders at the bears and the raiders are two and a half point favorites and i have to be honest like i think the raiders should be four and a half five and a half point favorites in this one we've discussed it a lot people like justin fields a lot more than we do and like this chicago bears team a lot more than we do i actually think the raiders are a fairly well-rounded team they have, you know, key skilled players in every sort of important position for the most part. They're effective pass rush. Their offense is, you know, they got to, they can run the ball well. They have nice weapons at wide receiver. Okay, quarterback, maybe a slight area of weakness, but I think that's the case for both of these teams. So I'm going to take the Raiders to win and, and the Raiders to cover. Yeah, I think they're not more because Jimmy G's been out of practice, and I think he's questionable to start. But, so. yeah, Justin Fields is also doubtful to start, so he's not starting. What I don't get about – this is why the Bears are just so bad on so many levels – is if you're a team that relies on a quarterback that runs like 15 times a game, wouldn't you at least have a decently competent backup because you have to at least, even for the new concussion rules, that he's going to be out maybe for like a quarter because he has to go into concussion protocol or something. But their backup is undrafted rookie Tyson Badgett, who played last game. And if he starts, he'll be the first Division II quarterback to start in 13 years in the NFL. Like, how do you not have at least a somewhat decent backup for a quarterback that is injury prone and is a running first quarterback. Like it, it, this is the bears are just so bad. There's a terrible organization. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to be, we don't know how good he is. Right. I know obviously. Yes. He's an undrafted rookie. <laughs> sure. But look, Brock Purdy is the best quarterback in the NFL. And he was the okay, last but, pick in the draft. But Brock, but Brock Purdy was originally the third string. And that's I think fine. That, fourth string even at one point i think the stronger argument the thing that always puzzles me 
with these teams that have these run first quarterbacks is so often their backup is a completely different style of quarterback. So not only are you having probably a significant drop off in quality of play, you also have to completely change your style of play. And that's the thing that always confuses me. At least the Ravens have been smart enough a lot of the time. I mean, and that's, and that's the one that shows, right? Because the Ravens are a well-run organization. Harbaugh is a smart coach and they try and get backups in usually who are obviously you cannot copy what Lamar Jackson does, but they try and have quarterbacks who are also mobile and can kind of use the same schemes and, and play calling that you have with Lamar. Wow. I got to say he goes to a college that I've never heard of before. And I, I've heard well, of many colleges. Wait, is he still, is he still going to college? He might be, he might not have graduated. He went, well, he went to shepherd university. Never even heard of it in shepherdstown, West Virginia. Wow. Okay. Their graduation rate is 48%. Not crushing it. <laughs> I don't even know what the average college graduation rate is. Their acceptance rate, though, 97%. Those three, that 3%, those people are struggling. You know what those three are saying? I could have graduated. I could have upped your numbers. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, what's sorry your... for any listeners from Shepherd, that went to Shepherd University. Uh, I don't think but, we when I do, when we do the little breakdown. I don't know how much I always trust our statistics, and this is always obviously a good opportunity to say, you know, follow us on uh, Twitter or Instagram, leave us a review somewhere. It just helps us to know more, a little bit more about our listeners. When we do look at the, we can do a little state by state breakdown. We have, I think, forty seven of the states covered. Something like, I don't know. It's we're we're at something like around a hundred countries usually consistently in terms of where our listeners come from. I don't think we've ever had a listener in West Virginia. Well, we got to go to Shepherd University. We got to be the official <laughs> podcast of Shepherd University. We should have them so, on. Yeah, yeah. Ask them a little about it. I mean, it is real quick though about this game. Not that it's a game I would probably watch, but it does slightly suck if you were tuned in to watch Justin Fields versus Jimmy Garoppolo. And instead you got Tyson Badgett versus Aiden O'Connell. <laughs> that would be a slight drop off. We then shift over to the afternoon or evening games, depending on, on where you're located with the Steelers at the Rams and the Rams are three point favorites. Uh, I know, I think I know every listener knows what you're, pick is going to be for this game we could just have you like i don't we don't even need you present for any of the previews or predictions when steelers came roll around i think in the history of the podcast if your predictions relating to the steelers had come true they probably would have won maybe two games in the past four years so uh i'm sure you're picking the rams in this in this one um both teams coming off a bye, which is a little bit interesting. That always throws in a kind of different dynamic. Both well-rested, should be extremely well-prepared for each other. You have two head coaches that obviously prepare well. Uh, that being said, I guess in one of the more meaningless statistics you can throw out there, the Rams are only 3-3 three and three versus teams 
I mean, when I say both teams coming off a bye, the Rams aren't coming off a bye, but the Rams are only three and three against teams coming off a bye. So they struggle against teams that have had coming in fresh. Mike Tomlin, 12 and four, 12 and four in his career coming off, coming off a bye. Uh, the Steelers, I think they're not good. I don't think the Rams are particularly good either. I think the thing that helps is that the big weakness for the Steelers is their run defense. They have the fourth worst run defense in the NFL. Uh, I think they're allowing, on average, about 145 yards per game on the ground, which is pretty significant. But the Rams' run game isn't isn't very good. So I think this is actually a pretty decent matchup for the Steelers. I think their defense will cause the Rams all sorts of problems. So I'm actually going to take the Steelers to win and the Steelers plus the three points. Oof. Well, Steelers average 15.8 points per game. That's 30th in the NFL. Not going to be enough to beat the Rams. TJ Watt, I think, will have a good game. Uh, the Rams tackles are not that great. So I think TJ Watt might have two or three sacks this game, but I don't think it's going to be enough. And with Cooper Cup back, and uh, Nakua still having a great season. I think the Rams are going to put up at least three, four touchdowns. It's going to be too many for the Steelers. What a surprise. Frank doesn't think the Steelers are going to win. Uh, up next, the Cardinals at the Seahawks. Seahawks are seven and a half point favorites. Again, we, you know, it was part of the discussion surrounding the Colts as well in the last episode. The Cardinals are very much the team that briefly fooled people and made them think they were going to be somewhat competitive and decent this year. And now they are, you know, almost certainly the worst team in the NFL. So I'll keep this one pretty short. I think the Seahawks starting to hit their stride, even if they somehow didn't win against the Bengals last week. Um, And I will take the Seahawks to win and the Seahawks to cover. Agreed. Um, Seahawks defense looked pretty good last week. Kind of shut down Burrow and the Bengals, and this is a, a less explosive offense, I'll say, than the Bengals. Uh, no offense to Joshua Dobbs, who's, I think, literally trying his hardest. <laughs> He's really, really putting in the effort, and uh, probably a lot of fans don't appreciate it when they just, at this point, probably want to tank. But, yeah, I think the Seahawks will win this and cover easily. And then we have the Chargers at the Chiefs. Maybe the, I guess, the best game from the sort of non-primetime set of matches on Sunday, I guess you'd say. Although I'm not that, you know, you know my thoughts on the Chargers and Justin Herbert. Uh, Justin Eckler is supposed to be back for this game, right? I believe, which is a big help to the chargers their run game is pretty terrible so far this season i think they're the fourth worst team when it comes to uh yards on the ground so uh, they definitely need whatever they can get there their offensive line is not good uh both at pass blocking and run blocking 
I think this is going to be a bad matchup for them. Sort of what the Chiefs do well on defense matches up really well against what the Rams do badly. Uh, Rams, the Chargers do badly on their uh, offensively. So I'm going to take the the Chiefs to win and to cover. I'll take the Chiefs to win, but I'm going to take the Chargers to cover. So five of the past six games between the Chiefs and the Chargers have been decided by fewer than six points, and two went to overtime out of those six. So it is always a close game. I do think it'll continue to be a close game. Herbert loves to keep it close and then blow it at the end. Maybe that's his that's his claim to fame. Uh, but I think my bold prediction, maybe not super bold, but I think a strong prediction is that Nicole Hardman will have a touchdown in this game three days after being traded back to the Chiefs. All right. I, ho- I hope you you probably haven't noticed because I know you're just on the, you know, you're moderating the Justin Herbert fan page Reddit subreddit, but more and more people coming around to my way of think- thinking. I've seen several articles speaking about the fact that maybe Justin Herbert doesn't deserve to be in the elite conversation and maybe we threw him into the kind of Patrick Mahomes Josh Allen comparison a little bit too soon but I like I never put him in that category this is but, where it's different I think he is of that next tier I think he do you think Burrow is that much better than Herbert yeah yeah I mean, you've been watching this season this season's a, a tough one, but I think it's difficult to argue that Burrow should not be considered ahead of Justin Herbert, both on what they achieved in college, and then the fact that you, then the fact oh, that you get have get out of here, college get out matters. Here. I'm just, I mean, you're talking about relatively short NFL careers, so I'm going to throw that in, and then also obviously the fact that Joe Burrow has taken his team to the Super Bowl, like he's had elite performance seasons for sure and i justin herbert has again he's like the classic chargers quarterback it's it's empty calories with justin herbert you know like you're empty calories yeah (laughs) you know so it's you know he's i don't i don't even think i don't know who's in the tier two discussion with him in a sense uh Like, I don't know who the fair, who's in his group, who's in his kind of grouping as a quarterback. He might be in a tier of his own almost. Well, we can keep him in the tier of his own because that's where he deserves to be. Yeah, he's in a special tier in your heart, I know. Uh, Then rounding off the non-primetime games, we have the Packers, the Broncos. This was pretty close to being the game I don't want to see a second of. Unfortunately, when it comes to the afternoon evening games, you're going to see it. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm going to have red zone on and there are only four games, which means you're, I'm going to see more of this game than I want to. Uh, the Packers are, are one point favorites. I'm going to zag a little bit here. I think the Broncos are going to are going to win and take the Broncos to. Wow! Sh- shake off a little bit of their malaise. I don't think they'll be good. I, I don't think they'll say be shit on. <laughs> I was like, wow, the Broncos aren't shitting on anyone. <laughs> they don't just themselves. They've shat on themselves <laughs> fair, a few times already this season. <laughs> um, 
Uh, but yeah, I'm going to take the Broncos to win. And then, yeah, the Broncos plus that one point. Yeah, I don't I don't even want to make a bet for this one. Like this is an avoid at all costs. Jordan Love, who started off so promising in his last two games, has one touchdown and five picks. Not a good stat to be to be confident in for a quarterback. Um, yeah, I think I'm with you. I'm going to take the Broncos here. This is this is the start of the rebuild for Sean Payton. Here come the playoffs. <laughs> now, pretty nice uh, Sunday night game. Potential Super Bowl matchup, I guess. You know, these are. It would be. It's certainly. It's a consideration. Like if you kind of drew up the four or five potential Super Bowl matchups that are most likely, this definitely is on that list. It's the uh, Dolphins at the Eagles, and the Eagles are two and a half point favorites. I feel like, I mean, we've, you know, we spent all season talking about how this Eagles offense doesn't look quite right, and they put together the occasional nice drive and and then they stall more often than you want them to. And until I see them show more consistency in that regard, I think it's pretty difficult to pick them against a team that's just a little bit of a buzzsaw uh, at the moment. And the, the Dolphins have 2,992 yards through the first six games. That's insane. Which is the second most in NFL history. The only team with more yards than that through that same opening six game period is the the Rams in in 2000 and I mean they're only just behind it's 3056 so you know they're 60 yards off the the record uh I think they have 10 touchdowns of uh three plays or fewer which is also kind of crazy like they have they combine tons of yards with big plays um it's sort of scary to play against them because i think it's difficult to count them out um for that reason i just don't feel like this eagles team can keep up with them so i'm going to take the dolphins to win and the dolphins plus the two and a half points yeah i, I agree with you i think i'm going to pick the dolphins here to to win and obviously take the points i mean two best offenses in in yards per game and interestingly two the top two in rushing per game um you'd expect it for the philly i think you know with uh jalen hurts but surprising with miami but i think it's just because their passing is so good that people just are like fuck it we'll let them run all day and then hn and mozart just run you know 30 yards at a clip it's crazy um yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Dolphins. The weakness in the defense of the Eagles is their back four. I mean, their front seven is so strong. I mean, sacks, stopping the run, but their cornerbacks are a little bit of a liability. And I think when any team doesn't have a very strong secondary against Miami, it's gonna be lights out. So I think this will be a Dolphins win. I do think it's going to be an over. I think it's going to be a pretty high scoring game. All right. And then we wrap things up with it's not a 
it's not a it's not a great Monday night football matchup. Not the worst. It's the it's the Niners at the Vikings. Niners are seven point favorites. Obviously, Niners coming off a loss, disappointing performance. I think when you're coming off a little bit of disappointment, the perfect tonic is Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. Like it's just a nice way to bounce back. Usually, um, I keep it simple. I just think the Niners are better in pretty much every area. Like I don't think there's a single position set or you know area of the game where the Vikings have an edge. So I'll take the Niners to win and the Niners to cover. I still don't know what the status is with McCaffrey. I think he's still just like questionable at this point. And so is Debo Samuel. They're both questionable. Uh, I don't know. I think I'm going to go with them not playing, and I'm going to take the Vikings here. I'm going to take Upset City. I will take the Vikings with the points. I will take the Niners to win. But Vikings with the points. All right. Threading the needle a couple times. And yes. uh, What is seven? (laughs) Neither. Yeah. Neither Christian McCaffrey or Debo Samuel took part in practice yesterday. Trent Williams didn't either. So, you know, there's a. Oh, boy. Brock Purdy might be next. (laughs) if Trent Williams can't play. Yeah, but uh, now this is where Brock Purdy gets to prove himself and throw you know throw his name back into the ring for for MVP consideration. But now I th- I'm I'm pretty confident that the the Niners will bounce back. I guess that wraps up the NFL coverage. I guess worth saying Premier League also comes back when just European football in general comes back this weekend, which is nice. If you Interesting Premier League matchups. There's the Merseyside Derby uh, tomorrow. And then you also have a couple of interesting games. City Brighton is obviously pretty interesting, but Brighton have sort of started to slow down in recent weeks. So that's maybe not as big of a test as it looked, say, four or five weeks ago when you would have really felt like this would, would have been interesting. But I mean, I suppose the the big match of the weekend is, is Chelsea Arsenal. Although that's only if you're, is it? <laughs> I obviously Chelsea are showing some signs of life. Uh, you know, I say that it's based on one recent performance really, but uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I don't think Arsenal win that match. I think that's, I think Chelsea get a draw or a win. I think this feels like, you know, though they're coming, Arsenal coming down off the high of, you know, last time beating Manchester City. Obviously, the international break kind of makes things feel a little bit different because it's not as if that was. Is that also in the lost episode, that discussion? No, I think, no, that, no, I think that was in a published episode. Okay. But, yeah, I think, I think Chelsea pick, pick, pick up a result in this one, I would say. I think I would take Arsenal here. I, I don't 
I mean, Chelsea, yes, they beat Burnley, but I just, I, I'm, I, I, I cannot be that confident in Chelsea. No, look, I'm not saying, I wouldn't advocate putting any money on that, but I would say this, I wouldn't put any money on Arsenal either. That's how I feel about the game. Like it's a stay away from me, which is an indication that I think Chelsea can get a result. But any other topics you'd like to cover, sporting or or non-sporting? No, I don't think so. I don't have much. I'm gonna do another uh, officiate another wedding this weekend. Uh, maybe drop the big chill podcast in it again. We'll see. I'm actually officiating the wedding, and then I'm the MC for the for the reception. So there, I'll definitely drop it. Maybe I'll even play an episode. I'll ask the DJ if you can put on the first fifteen minutes of the next. <laughs> at episode. least, at least our theme song. <laughs> can you spin in our theme song? I'll, I'll, I'll send you the file so that you can you can take it with you. What is this great hit? Yeah. <laughs> but now, uh, yeah, it's um, it's odd to me how frequently you officiate weddings. This will be my fourth. Yeah, it's a lot. You say that as if that's like, hey, come on, every everyone officiates at least three. This is only number four. <laughs> Yeah, right. I I mean I'll say I don't think I'm ever going to going to officiate. I'm going to die on zero, <laughs> and I think there's a probably a chance you make it to five. Is there? Uh, let me ask you this: Is there a point where you think I should start putting the services out there for a, a, a fee? Which services are you referring to? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think you should start. I think you should prostitute yourself. <laughs> Um, uh, because like I, I mean there are people who obviously pay officiants to do their what, wedding what, I mean I've never seen you officiate so I don't know if my I'm sure you have good reviews I'm not saying I'm not doubting the fact that you do a good job that's right you're right I need to get some reviews <laughs> Yeah, you need to start a website Frank, I did have great reviews that were told to me but I need them in writing frankofficiates.com well, I'm sure we can get the domain <laughs> name <laughs> and then start getting some reviews, some recordings of some of the, you know, speaking, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm not, I have total belief in the fact that you do a, a good job. I don't, I just don't know if that extends to would I pay you to officiate, you know, like there's, <laughs> there's the, the shift from amateur to professional seems like a pretty, there's a pretty big gap there. And I, well, the issue I have is, I can give a good ceremony when I know the couple, because then obviously I can insert some jokes, some personal anecdotes. I don't know how good I'd be with two people. I have no idea who they are. <laughs> yeah. I, that, I, th- I thought that was interesting. You know, I, we sp- I spoke I, when I went to the wedding, uh, well, a month and a half ago in London, that was just a town hall wedding. And then you're kind of getting churned through every 30 minutes. They're, they're kind of, I think in that town hall, they were running two weddings simultaneously and then basically from it's like nine in the morning until six in the afternoon they are going through so two four weddings an hour and you could tell they had the patter that was from the the woman who was officiating it was good it was entertaining she had her jokes but i would imagine it was exactly the same 
script for absolutely every wedding. Like she says that, you know, 12 times a day, exactly the same jokes. She knows where she's going to get her laughs and she delivered it well. Like you, you kind of walked away from it, but you definitely, you know, you, it was a strange feeling to sort of, as part of the wedding think, okay, that's, if I just hung around there for a little bit, I could hear that the, the sort of exact same, you know, play by play. Yeah. That's the tough part is like, I have to change the script every time. So, or maybe you don't, maybe that's difficult. your thing. Maybe that's what you, you just bring chaos to people's weddings. <laughs> I could try that. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess with that, we'll call it a day. Sounds good. All right. See you later. Bye. Cheerio. <laughs> <laughs>